0: Not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors, come on into the camp house and make yourself at home.
1: That's what an old hot Texas summer night sounds like. Those locusts singing, crickets chirping. I think they're the only ones that aren't sweating. We've been <laughs> we've been a hundred degrees or hotter. It seems like since about the 1st of June, the end of May, and it, boy, it just goes on and on and on. I look at the long-term forecast here in North Texas, and hey, every day right on into mid-August, 101, 103, 106, 105, 104, day after day after day. Hang in there. Those long johns and fall hunting seasons are right around the corner. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. This is our camphouse at Kinder Outdoors. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We greatly appreciate that. Front door to the camphouse is brought to you by Fortiflora from the trusted name Purina. Fortiflora is a canine probiotic. All of our dogs suffer from GI upset from time to time, and Fortaflora fixes that. In fact, if you've got a long road trip coming up with your dogs, Fortaflora, every day, starting three or four days before your trip throughout your trip, and then for three or four days after you return home will help ensure a strong and healthy GI system in your dog. Learn more about Fortiflora when you come see me at KinderOutdoors.com, and that's Kinder like kindergarten, K-I-N-D-E-R. Today on the show, we're talking about fences. Now, I may lose a few friends over this one. It's a hot topic with lots of folks, fences. High fences, low fences, no fences. Hunting within the confines of a fenced area. Is it ethical? Well, it depends on who you visit with. Many hardcore public land do-it-yourself hunters will tell you, absolutely not. True free range is the only pursuit that's fair and ethical. The deer farmer will tell you that there's no disgrace in hunting an animal behind an eight-foot fence. The low fence guy, well, he's proud of the fact that his herd can slip over to the neighbor and back again as they please. I've hunted on occasion on all three areas, but not before some careful thought and reasoning. Back in 2010, I suffered an injury that would keep me on crutches and a walker for about a year and a half. Seven surgeries, 42 skin grafts, locked up in the house with the exception of hospital and doctor visits for well over a year. I didn't care who thought what of me when I finally had an opportunity to climb back in a stand. It was under a high fence. I had a ton of medical apparatus in tow, but I made it up the ladder and into the blind, and on that cold December morning, I shot that fine, tall eight-point buck. He hangs on my wall today, and I'm as proud of him as any spot and stock low-fence, no-fence, big-country critter that I've ever hunted. Even though I had a clear medical reason for hunting behind a fence, I still needed more before feeling totally comfortable with it. God gave me that answer, as he always does. In the book of Genesis, he was speaking to Noah and laying out how things would be after the great flood. God told Noah in chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, and into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. Notice the Lord never said, except those behind a fence, or no fishing from a small farm pond, or under any other conditions. That's good enough for me. If it's okay with God, then it's good with me. Ethics do come into play. He also gave us a conscience, and when he placed us above the animals, the fowl and the fish, as he showed Noah, when he cared for the critters two by two on the ark, we are to care for them. America has been the worldwide leader in the conservation effort for the past 100 years. It's that God-given ability to think that allows us to make our own decisions. Problem is, after we've sorted it out and decided what is ethical hunting for ourselves, we often want to frown upon other methods. And the folks that take part in them. An example, we've all heard the old age arguments between the bow hunters and the rifle hunters. Figure it out for yourself. Is it legal? Will it bother me to harvest an animal on fenced property, be it 300 acres or 300,000? Do I believe God exists? Do I believe what he said is true in his word? Once you work it out, get out. Go and be in the woods. If you have to stop and unlock the gate on the way in, more power to you. If you pack your way into the National Forest for a day and a half, excellent. Y'all grill your back straps up side by side. They're going to taste the same because God himself made them each and said, put them on the dinner table. I've asked a couple of my friends to join me on the show today. They have graciously obliged me. And we're going to talk about fences. John Payne. He builds fences for a living, high fences, low fences, whatever. If it's a fence, he can build it. He can do it. He can manufacture it, custom, and install it no matter how rough your country with his Tejas Fence Company. He's also a hunter. His property holds wild game as well as beautiful exotics that he and his family enjoy. I've also asked my wildlife biologist buddy, Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail, to join us on the show today. What's Larry think about high fences, and hunting behind them. Calming care from my friends at Purina settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. If that's your dog, you might want to check into this great product from Purina called Calming Care. More at kinderoutdoors.com. Come on, let's grab a biscuit and a cup of coffee.
0: Hey, everybody, it's Dave Mercer with Bassmaster. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I am sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, Billy, get off the stage. I'm the MC.
1: The Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganza will be in Dallas this year only. COVID 19 scheduling backups have pushed the original Texas hunting show across the Metroplex to the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas this year only. Come on out August 12, 13, and 14 for the same great show that you've come to know for the latest gear, clothing, hunts, and accessories. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza, August 12 through the 14th in Dallas.
2: Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, Able TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com.
1: The original Texas hunting show is back. For 46 years, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza has been the official kickoff to of the Texas hunting seasons. Visit the world's top outfitters and guides. Get ready for the field with the latest hunting gear, rifles, clothes, and accessories. The granddaddy of them all is back, August 5 through 7 in Houston. And this year only, August 12 through 14 in Dallas at the K Bailey Hutchison. And August 19 through 21 in San Antonio. Get the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza on your calendar. More info at TTHA.com
3: hey crappie anglers crappie season is here wally marshall mr crappie here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022 check out the all-new wally marshall classic signature rods by lube the wally marshall classic series starts at five foot six and all the way up to 16 foot in length im8 graphite construction cork handles stainless steel guides super light for all day use and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target Rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three pounder. Pro Target Rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunder, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shadpos. Tennessee Mist, White, Who and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie slab o electric filet knife handy, too. StrikeKing.com, com, and Smith's
1: The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research, We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership, attend a banquet, bid on an auction item, make an impact on top of the mountain. (laughs) WildSheepFoundation.org.
0: Hop in the truck. Half the fun is just getting there. Kinder Outdoors.
1: This week on Kinder Outdoors, I hopped in the truck and made a little run out east near Athens, Texas, to the country home of John Payne's Tejas Fencing. An absolutely beautiful place, well fenced. A warm and comfortable place to visit. Hey, John, thanks for having us out. I really appreciate it, and you don't know this yet, but I live here now. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I'm glad to have you.
1: Hey, man, I tell you, you've, you've uh, built something pretty neat, and what I've learned uh, by looking at your place, which is under a fence uh, and well manicured, I can tell you put a lot of time and effort into your piece of property here, and after riding the property with you, uh, I've learned that you know what you're looking at. It sounded like I was riding with a biologist. You know the country, and that helps if you're going to be
5: dealing with other people's places. Absolutely. You know, we... We always try to find the best aspects of places that we're developing and make sure that we highlight those, accentuate those, leave the great trees. Um, We oftentimes make right-of-ways for our fences, but we don't take down all the trees. We take down underbrush, smaller, uh, some people might call them trash trees, and we leave the big, nice, hardwoods. so that we're trying to create beauty at the same time that we're creating um, a, uh, a fence, or typically a perimeter fence on a property. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, and, I, and here's the primary reason
1: I wanted to have you on the show, uh, a lot of people are moving from town to country. Sure. They're buying five acres, 10 acres, 150 acres, uh, and they're considering a fence. Why is it a good idea? Why do people put up? A tall fence.
5: You know, Billy, what I tell people is if you're not controlling your land, somebody else will. (laughs) And you can't believe how many times that we see four-wheeler trails from neighboring properties onto a property that's not being utilized. They'll go through a fence or, you know, an old fence. And so a fence really gives security. It gives control. And so it makes your property yours. It allows you to do what you want to inside the property. And some folks choose to do a high fence. Some folks choose to do a low fence. We do we do both. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we um do specialize in is high tensile wire mesh fence.
1: Explain that. What is that? What are you
5: talking about? Sure. So it's not a barbed wire fence. Uh a lot of people know it as <clears throat> field fencing. But field fencing is a low tensile fence. It's something that hogs can bust through. It's got, um, a lower grade of galvanization on it. It's not super long lasting, but it's a, it's a fence that has squares or, you know, rectangles in it. Um, one great thing about, uh, a mesh fence, and especially about a high tensile mesh fence, is that you can control feral hogs. And you know, feral hogs can be a problem. A lot, huge. Yeah, it, a lot of times, it it's uh, it's a big factor on a property. Some folks want to keep them in, you know, <laughs> yeah. just and, and others want to keep them out. Um, the high tensile mesh fence flat does that, and especially the way that we do it and include uh, water gaps. And that's places where water's running through the fence line. Uh, we use a special water gap system called called the Float master water Gap system that keeps animals from passing through your fence line. Mm-hmm. but with a float master system and a high tensile mesh fence we we do control hogs high tensile mesh fences come in many patterns, and in fact, we've got um videos and uh and illustrations on our website um that show all those. And some are great for cattle. Some are good for goats. Some are good for horses. Others are more geared for wildlife. And so a lot of times a wildlife fence may be an eight-foot fence. And some folks call it high-game fence or deer-proof fence. People call it a lot of different things. But we use high-tensile wire mesh fence, eight-foot tall, and about Five inches above that, we put another strand of high tensile barbed wire. So it's a nominally about an eight foot six tall fence. And the cool thing about those is, as you know, most people think those are so expensive, and I, you know, I don't want to do it. It's only twenty seven percent on average more than a four foot tall fence.
1: Wow! When you told me that, it blew me away because I, you know,
5: you would just. Right off the bat, you would think, no, it's double the cost. It's twice as tall. Exactly. People think it's two or three times the cost of a standard fence, but it's not. And we've got cattle guys that are putting a high fence on their perimeter, and then their interior fences, cross-fencing, is done in low fence. Mm -hmm. It gives them an extra level of protection against uh, critters, and including the two-legged critter.
1: Yeah, I've got a buddy that owns a ranch in southern Oklahoma that that is just a a great piece of property, and he's got some really cool animals on it and all. He high-fenced it, not necessarily to keep the critters in, but to keep the critters out. And and unfortunately, that is a concern this day and age.
5: It absolutely is. And, you know, I come from a background also in security fencing, and there are three Ds of security. Deter, delay, and detect. And so, what we're doing with these high fences is it's a deterrent. And so, some in, on some ranches we just do it on one side. Let's say they've got exposure to an area of high traffic, or it's a place where people come in and park. Or we've had one where they were doing drug deals at a at a uh, in one area by in an old cemetery that just one side was high fence and the rest of it was low. So uh, people do that for different reasons. I've had a number of scenarios where the husband wants to put a high fence in and his wife is really kind of opposed to it. But as it turns out, after we clear a right-of-way around the perimeter for the high fence, it makes a walking trail, kind of a nature trail. And the wives have commented that they feel especially uh, secure there because of the fence. And and so it really accentuates the property in a way that they didn't expect.
1: Yeah. Uh, there are some, uh, some thoughts out there that, oh, a high fence, I would never uh, shoot a deer under a high fence. I would challenge you to take your bow or your rifle and uh, walk out on 300 heavily wooded acres that's got a fence around it and go kill a deer for me and meet me back here in an
5: hour. It ain't that easy. 100%. You know, I've got a... I've got a low fence around my property, um, but I do have some breeder pens. Uh, for example, one of them's 26 acres, and I've got axis and black buck in in a high fence. And Kip and I rode that last night looking for the axis. We saw nine black buck, two axis out of a total of 60 animals that are in there. Yeah. You just can't. It's amazing. Yeah. So from that. You know from the uh, I guess from a standpoint of fair chase in a hunting scenario um, you, you have to weigh that with um, you know captive versus free ranging animals and um, it, it it's absolutely challenging hunting yeah and if you want to control what's inside, you can do it a lot better with a high yeah I'm agnostic to personally high or low fence yeah. I am too, and and
1: here's my base for I try to make this my base for my decision making. I believe that that bible is is a pretty good guidebook, and I've read it through from front to back and back and forth again. I've never read anything about a high fence, a low fence, a rifle, uh, a knife in your teeth, uh, a bow. Uh, I, 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 it's just kill it and grill it. That's, that's what the good Lord said.
5: Amen. Yes. Amen. So
1: there you go. Hey, uh, something else that I want to talk about, and I want to take a little break and get you to hang with me, and we'll come back and talk about this. You showed me some galvanized wire that you use and fence, and then you showed me some powder-coated stuff, and that really caught my eye. Can you hang on a minute?
5: Absolutely. Love to.
1: Florida Flora, America's number one canine probiotic, brings us this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, let's grab a cup of coffee and then see what Mr. Whitetail Larry Wisoon has to say about fences. High,
4: low, or no? Hi, this is Pete Delkus on Kinder Outdoors. When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it.
1: After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy-class axis deer.
3: We've worked hard on the habitat,
1: planted improved grasses, really, with the help of some wildlife biologists, studied what would
5: make the best habitat to keep our game here.
6: Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups, and we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get
1: to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit Joshua Creek. Dot com. Folks, Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert Well done. Texas Outdoors final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook Traffic Circle. Thank you for your business. The first and original Texas hunting show is back. It all gets kicked off in Houston, August 5, 6, and 7. This is the 46th year for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. The biggest and best in rifles, blinds, outfitters, and guides, game calls, camo, and ammo. You name it, you'll find it at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. Here we come, Houston, August 5, 6, and 7. Live gators, rattlesnakes, and happy hunters. It must be Texas Trophy Hunter time.
7: Don't head to the country without stopping at Teske's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Begara... Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teske's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the ranch or lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Hecking you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teske's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, Deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teske's Outdoors on the south side of i 20, just west of Weatherford.
1: Get it on Amazon.
3: Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild from which they hate to admit they emerged. Their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on
1: our planet. If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world. Human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path.
4: The truest path. Nature's path. Trust the hunter
0: your blood. Sometimes, our office is a bass boat. Tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Kinder Outdoors.
1: Hey, we're giving away those really cool Kinder Outdoors t-shirts and tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganza shows as well. All you have to do simple drawing. All you have to do is drop by kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, and register, okay? I want to get my buddy, Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon in here. He is a wildlife biologist, television host, podcaster, broadcaster, hunter, grandfather, and pretty good old boy. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Larry. It's always a pleasure, buddy.
6: It is so good to be back with you, sir. Here we are in the middle of summer, 100-degree days. And uh, I don't know about you. I've been doing a little fishing, got some more fishing coming up. But my thoughts are on honey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, hey, I don't know what part of the world you're in right now. I never know. But if you're having 100-degree days, enjoy that. Because that's <laughs> a cold front where I am, brother.
6: <laughs> I am having hundred degree days, and I'm ready for the uh, uh, for the proverbial first norther to come in and turn this back into a wet Texas, along with temperatures that are at least thirty, forty degrees cooler. Please, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm with you on that. Yes, I've been catching a few fish, but I try to get it done by about eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. And yeah, no, caught one a day. <laughs>
6: yeah, sure. I've got a trip coming up with uh, Chris Moody, with uh, also with Cory Mason, with DSC, uh, going on a alligator gar fishing trip on the Trinity here in the next couple of days, and, and really looking forward to it. But I'm hoping we'll have some cloud cover because I understand it's been 100 degrees, not even in the river bottom. So I can only imagine how hot it's going to be.
1: Oh, it's going to be sweltering.
6: Uh, I was talking to you
1: recently, and you were telling me I didn't know this that those big old gar will come out of the water
6: and actually slap the water with the tail slap like a like a uh, a marlin or a tarpon. They will. They come up. They 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 can actually breathe air. So they come up and gulp air, and then they uh, splash when they do that. Of course, when it's hot like it is right now, they have a tendency to. I'm sure the oxygen level is a little bit lower in that hot water, and so they come up more often. The beauty of those things are, when it, particularly when it's warm and hot, they'll come tailing out like a tarpon with their mouth open, slashing their head back and forth kind of thing. It's an absolutely fantastic fishing rush, particularly when they get to be that five-foot longer or longer kind of thing.
1: Wow, that's a hoot. Well, let me know. Uh, let me know how that goes. I can't wait to hear about that.
6: Absolutely.
1: Hey, let's talk about fences. If you want to start a fight in certain circles, all you have to do is talk about high fence, low fence, or no fence. There are some guys that have passionate feelings about that. Larry,
6: I personally don't care how you hunt or where you hunt as long as it's legal. Go hunt. You know, you and I share that same sentiments as far as I'm concerned. I've I've worked as a wildlife biologist for a long time here in Texas, of course, elsewhere as well, really across the world to get right down to it. And to me, it's all about going hunting. And it's a personal preference if somebody doesn't want to hunt behind a high fence. Don't hunt behind a high fence kind of thing. You know, if you just really want free range, but I will also tell you that those fences, we see them as obstacles. Most deer and other species don't because they just jump right over the top of whatever they want to. So they're inside that fence because they want to be because the food's higher, you know, more available and those kind of things. But I'm like you. I, I, I don't care how you hunt. As long as it's legal, it's ethical to you, and you're the one who needs to make that decision. If it's ethical to you, by all means, go hunt. Absolutely. There you go. And,
1: uh, you know, we're talking about these taller fences uh, that uh, some game ranches have. You know, they spend a lot of money on exotics or whatever, and they're they're totally fenced for the high fence to keep their investment in. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that that's going to be a drive out there and pick you one you want kind of hunt, it's still going to be a tough challenge most of the time.
6: It really is. Most of those places that we're talking about that do have high fences, they and and in some instances you build a fence to keep animals out, quite frankly, because you're trying to improve the habitat. But in the terms of exotics generally you're wanting to contain those there. But just because there's a fence there does not make that an easy hunt. As those animals become hunted a little bit, they become so intimately knowledgeable of everything around them that a lot of times they're a little bit more wary than those that may live in an open fence situation. Yep, absolutely.
1: You betcha. Um, sometimes partial fencing is a really good idea. Uh, if I, I had a particular ranch, Joshua Creek, down in the, right. the Hillcourt. Right. You're familiar with Joe and Ann and that place down there. They're low fence on a couple of sides and high fence on a couple of sides because uh, they've got roadways there. Uh, and they want to protect their their deer from from uh, those high traffic areas where hey, they could get out there and get run over. You're exactly
6: right. And all the years when I was a wildlife biologist and practicing in South Texas and elsewhere, I never recommended that somebody put up a you know totally enclosed piece of property with with a high fence. Now we did put up partial fences, and those being the reasons, One of the reasons that you just gave are. In some instances, there was a lot of cropland, and, and they were causing and the animals were going out of the, the, the brushy situation into those croplands, and, and uh, keeping the farmers kind of aggravated, kind of thing. And so, we suggested they put up a high fence along those problem areas. And then, too, occasionally it would be next to a development area. Not that I denied that those folks from taking animals that came off the property that that was next to them, but I've always been one of those, you know, you. you, you you have to produce those animals on your property as far as I'm concerned. If you got a, a, maybe a tenth of an acre or a quarter of an acre and you're sitting next to a 10,000-acre place, yeah, you know, maybe it's okay a little bit to hunt on that fence line, but at the same time, you really ought to take in the animals that you produce on your own property. So that was another reason to, where sometimes we put up those partial fences. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason for high fence at times and. and uh we're very fortunate in Texas, particularly, that we have landowner rights that allow us to either decide whether or not you want a high fence up or not.
1: You know, uh, just because you put that high fence up doesn't mean you can just walk off and forget about it. You've got <laughs> oh. you, you to have food, shelter, water. You've got to take care of your place, uh, and those critters will stay. High fence, low fence, no fence. And I see that with Joshua Creek. They have such a tremendous axis deer herd that oh, lives absolutely. on them and, and they they can come and go whenever they want and wherever they want and they live on them year round because joe takes such good care of the habitat down there they've got everything they need
6: you're exactly right to me if you own property there is a commitment that you have to make or that you make without even realizing sometimes that you have to take care of that property not only for livestock but also for the uh, the livestock that exists uh, the wildlife that exists there and and they do such an absolutely fantastic job there on, on Joshua Creek and have for so many years.
1: Yep, they sure do. Larry, tell me about your fall. What what have you got coming up? We're looking ahead to deer season, and you've always got good stuff cooking.
6: <laughs> well, you know, this year, one of the things we're doing here in August, uh, we're hunting uh, pronghorn aleop in New Mexico, doing a, a show with uh, Trijicon's World Sports Field, and then in, in September... Uh, coming up, I've been for years, been hoping to get an invitation from the Lander One Shot Antelope Hunt up in Wyoming. And, uh, Chris Sell and Phil Massaro, a fellow writer, and, and I are, are composing a team of three, they're, well, they, they allow eight teams, three, three team members per team. And, and, uh, our name actually is going to be for our little team is going to be called Two Texans and a Yankee with Phil, of course, being the Yankee kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. And then in October, uh, of course we'll start hunting some white But I'm also going to get to hunt down in, in Baja, Mexico for their version of black-tail or mule deer. I'm not, depends on who you talk to, whether they're mule deer or blacktail. tail And then, of course later on we've got white-tail and mule deer, uh, that kind of stuff coming up here in Texas and a couple other places, maybe a little bit in Oklahoma. Uh, hopefully a little bit of bird hunting in there somewhere as well, too. I may I'm may go on a few quail hunts this year and carry my double shotgun and no shells so that I can watch the bird dogs work.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> it never gets old, does it, brother? No, <laughs> sure, it really doesn't. <laughs>
1: uh, Larry, hang in there. Keep that air conditioner in good order, and uh, we'll hug your neck soon somewhere down the road.
6: I am looking forward to it, Billy. Thank you so much for allowing me to join you.
1: Mr. Whitetail. (laughs) Larry Weisson. Thanks, Larry. Hey, we're going to take a little break, make a run to the coffee pot, but when we come back, John Payne, Tejas Ranch Fencing, is going to rejoin me. Good morning. This is Dr. James Kroll. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences. Fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S. Tejas Ranch Fence.com. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab at that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive.
0: Um, The corner store gets snack, and he a stop at Bucky's.
1: Because it's, just- Cause Cause it's and- Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat bottom boat for a little while.
0: A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if that does, doesn't work, he just uses his call, <laughs> and then he just comes, but sometimes we come back with nothing.
1: But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet.
0: I love sleeping in the car, and i waking up still in the car, so well. I can just feel the comfort no, that
1: will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours, ClassicChevrolet.com. The granddaddy of Texas hunting shows is back at its birthplace to kick off the 2022 hunting seasons, August 19, 20, and 21. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza at the Freeman Expo Hall in San Antonio. Featuring the greatest hunts, newest gear, trickiest camo, rifles, knives, and bows, live rattlesnakes, And gators too. See you in San Antonio for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza, August 19, 20, and 21.
4: The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step: visit our website, quailcoalition.org.
1: From the deck of your private cabin, overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. (coughs) NorfolkResort.com
0: and a 12 with a 10-inch drop time. Y'all go on inside with Kinder Outdoors.
1: Within hours of this broadcast, it'll be August. And then it's only 31 days until dove season for a lot of people. Early teal will be kicking off. A lot of bird dog guys will be headed for uh, Montana to hunt birds as upland seasons start to open up up there. South Dakota prairie chickens will open before too much longer. Here we go again. And by the way, you bird dog guys, if you're going to Montana in September, I've done that a lot. I've done it many, many times. And I promise you, a little snake avoidance training before you go is time and money well invested. Doesn't take long either. The entire process from check-in to completion will take about 30 minutes. The snake breaking session itself, 5 to 10 minutes. There may be one coming up near your place. I know there is if you're in North Texas because the Quail Coalition, Park Cities chapter, is hosting their annual Snake Avoidance Clinic. Saturday, August 20th, 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. But you do need a reservation, and you can learn how to do that at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. We're talking about fences, high fences, low fences, no fences, partial fences, whatever you need to better... Equip your property. Your wildlife, cattle, protection, and personal belongings starts at the border of your property. I've got an expert in uh, the camp house with us today. Actually, we're in his camp house out in East Texas. John Payne with Tejas Fence. Thanks for hanging around. Tejas Ranch Fencing, by the way. Thanks for
5: hanging around, John. Absolutely. Good to be with you.
1: I guess we need to tell people uh, where they can go and see this stuff online. Tejas Fence, uh, you you guys do work All over Texas, you go outside of Texas occasionally, so wherever you're listening to this show, John would be
5: happy to have a conversation with you about a fence. Uh, Where can we go online to see you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tejas, that's T-E-J-A-S, Ranch, Fence, like barbed wire fence, TejasRanchFence.com. And uh, we've got a new website that's coming up uh, probably very soon. Got a lot of good videos on there. Great illustrations, lots of great information. So we've really tried to make it a uh, um, an educational website that can help people make decisions. Yeah, you mentioned earlier
1: that some wives have been pleasantly surprised with how much they enjoy uh, the fence after it's up. Maybe before the uh, a high fence goes up on their place, and and John and his company the Tejas they build high fence, low fence, whatever fence you want, they'll come and build it. But I'm talking about a big game fence and the security that that provides, and the, and the wives have been pleasantly surprised with that security. I guess their hesitation was, boy, it's going to be an eyesore that big old tall fence. It's not. It's really not. We're talking about a few more feet, and the powder coated stuff that you guys do, man, it's almost camouflage.
5: It really is, Billy. It's a, it's a much better look, and especially if the fence has a backdrop of trees or vegetation behind it, you really don't see the fence at all. Uh, I say it just it kind of goes away. On one project that we did some years ago, we did it strategically in certain areas where it was at uh, the back of a lake, and then we did it along the road frontage. And so if you looked across the lake you just absolutely didn't see this it. It 20 acre lake and you couldn't see it and so we did uh, a portion of it in black maybe 40 percent and the rest of it in galvanized and at the end of the project um the the client said i wish i'd have done it all in black wow. it looks so good yeah. it's uh i mean i guess i'd almost call it an elegant look but it's um it's definitely a nice look it isn't uh definitely comes at a at a cost because each galvanized T-post, and that's a, a standard for us is galvanized T-post. We we have a special source on that. We don't use painted t post. Um And each galvanized pipe that we use for our bracing is powder coated. And so that's an extra process. They call that a duplex coating. So when you put, you've got galvanization, which is in itself is a great protective coating. You've got powder coat which is in itself a great protective coating and when you tie the two together they call it a duplex coating and it equals more than the sum of its parts in terms of weatherability. Mm-hmm. and so what we're doing is we're trying to with any protective coating is you're just trying to protect the integrity and the strength of the base metal under it so that it performs longer and so in arid climates is not as much of a concern in coastal, it's much more, and in a typical climate, it, it turns a um, you know a 20-year fence into a 50-year fence. Right. It's phenomenal. I was about to say, you want to work
1: out that cost. Uh, you're going to save your kids and grandkids, uh, you know, uh, redo
5: money down the road uh, when you duplex. Is that what you call it? In that duplex coating, absolutely, it's the best value that you can get. So your your cost per year of owning that fence is low. yeah. And um the wire itself is also black. And what's interesting about that, Billy, is that in the, the way that it's made is in the galvanization process, black pigment is added to the zinc. And so the black is inside the zinc coating on the wire. So that's different than the T-post and the pipe. But the wire itself maintains its black color very well. And in fact, on a fence that... Um, Kip, who works with us, put up 20 years ago that I powder-coated the T-Post on. Today, that fence still looks great. You could see some age in it, but it's still black. It's doing its job. It's on a very, very nice high-end ranch, and uh, it continues to perform today. And what's interesting about that is the technology that we have today in coatings is so much better than we did 20 years ago.
1: Sure, yeah, the advancement's been huge. I hunt uh-huh. one particular ranch that's high fenced on two sides, uh, low fence on two others. Uh, they've got, you know, a native herd of Axis that moves in and out and loves to live on their place. And they've got county road along two sides. So they high fenced uh, to keep Keep a fence between the critters and the roads, and then the other side where it's just rolling country and going to the neighbors, they left it low. Uh, so you know you you don't have to completely encircle your place. Everything is custom, and and I say that to say this. I've been to your shop. I've been I've been to the. I've watched your guys in action. You you measure, you custom build. No two jobs are alike. You can't just get on the phone and
5: order a gate or gap for every particular place you build it that's right we do we you know we're able to take a look at the owner's intent the the individual characteristics of the property and really come up with a solution that works for them Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of times there's strategy behind that and uh, a lot of times it's our job just to peel back the layers of the onion to show the owner what can be done and based on that, they can make decisions as to what works best for them. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, folks need to get in touch with you if you've got a new piece of property and you're thinking about uh, fencing, low fence, high fence, uh, whatever. John's got all the answers, and I'm sure that you'd probably love to talk to him.
5: I would. And we've got a great team here um, that that has a, a passion for what we do, and um, we start with a with a phone call or a web inquiry or an email. Uh, we use a sophisticated mapping system to uh, to place everything on a property and uh, just come up with uh, as I said a minute ago a great solution and uh, that's how we make happy customers that's our goal is to make uh, folks we say your your land our passion we love bringing out the best in in your property.
1: Yeah, you make people smile when you leave their place. They've they've gotten their money's worth plus. I have one last question, and that's which bunk
5: is mine, John? (laughs) Bill, you'll have to try them out. We'll, (laughs) We'll try one at a time, and you're welcome anytime. Love having you here. Let's go fishing. Let's go. Ready.
1: Boy, it smells like our camp cook. Master Chef John Bonnell has got something really good going on in the kitchen and it's distracting. Let's stand up and stretch our legs a little bit, maybe grab a biscuit and a fresh cup of coffee, and I'll meet you right back here, okay? This is Kinder Outdoors.
0: From the rough brush of south texas to the big bush of south africa it's kinder outdoors
1: hey i'm glad you're in camp with us today i'm billy kinder this is our camp house kinder outdoors actually the camp house kind of moves around last week we were at possum kingdom lake that's kind of the top of the hill country the beginning of west texas this week we're still in texas we've moved it out east near athens they grow great big bass out here lots of different lakes around and A beautiful little oasis right in the middle of it all is the Tejas Ranch Fencing Headquarters. Off the beaten path, first a farm to market road and then a county road and then you get down to the dirt road and you're almost there. (laughs) Hey, congratulations to my buddy Gary Klein. He's going to be inducted, speaking of Athens, Texas, going to be inducted in the Texas Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame on October 14th. Gary, I'm going to be there. Uh, to eyewitness that, well done, well deserved, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to that night. It's going to be fun, and I know that you'd have a ball if you could join us uh, in Athens at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center for Hall of Fame night. You're invited. More details at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, 89% of the field trial champions, that's a key word, 89% of the field trial champions across North America are fed Purina Pro Plan performance formula under the sport label. Purple bag. It's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Get you some for your champ. Today on the show, we're talking about fences. Now, I may lose a few friends over this one. It's a hot topic with lots of folks. Fences. High fences, low fences, no fences hunting within the confines of a fenced area. Is it ethical? Well, it depends on who you visit with. Many hardcore public land do-it-yourself hunters will tell you absolutely not. True free range is the only pursuit that's fair and ethical. The deer farmer will tell you that there's no disgrace in hunting an animal behind an eight-foot fence. The low fence guy, well, he's proud of the fact that his herd can slip over to the neighbor and back again as they please. I've hunted on occasion on all three areas, but not before some careful thought and reasoning. Back in 2010, I suffered an injury that would keep me on crutches and a walker for about a year and a half. Seven surgeries, 42 skin grafts, locked up in the house with the exception of hospital and doctor visits for well over a year. I didn't care who thought what of me when I finally had an opportunity to climb back in a stand. It was under a high fence. I had a ton of medical apparatus in tow, but I made it up the ladder and into the blind, and on that cold December morning, I shot that fine, tall, eight-point buck. He hangs on my wall today, and I'm as proud of him as any spot and stock low-fence, no-fence, big-country critter that I've ever hunted. Even though I had a clear medical reason for hunting behind a fence, I still needed more before feeling totally comfortable with it. God gave me that answer, as he always does. In the book of Genesis, he was speaking to Noah and laying out how things would be after the great flood. God told Noah in chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, and into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb Have I given you all things? Notice the Lord never said, except those behind a fence, or no fishing from a small farm pond, or under any other conditions. That's good enough for me. If it's okay with God, then it's good with me. Ethics do come into play. He also gave us a conscience, and when He placed us above the animals, the fowl, and the fish, as He showed Noah when He cared for the critters two by two on the ark, We are to care for them. America has been the worldwide leader in the conservation effort for the past 100 years. It's that God-given ability to think that allows us to make our own decisions. Problem is, after we've sorted it out and decided what is ethical hunting for ourselves, we often want to frown upon other methods and the folks that take part in them. An example, we've all heard the old age arguments between the bow hunters and the rifle hunters. Figure it out for yourself. Is it legal? Will it bother me to harvest an animal on fenced property, be it 300 acres or 300,000? Do I believe God exists? Do I believe what he said is true in his word? Once you work it out, get out. Go and be in the woods. If you have to stop and unlock the gate on the way in, more power to you. If you pack your way into the National Forest for a day and a half, excellent. Y'all grill your back straps up side by side. They're going to taste the same because God himself made them each and said, put them on the dinner table. To make a sound judgment about what you'll hunt behind or what you'll put up on your place, you need to do a little research. Think about it from every angle. Maybe you don't need tall fence on all sides of your place. Maybe you do. There are lots of reasons to put up a tall fence. We're going to talk to a couple of pros about it today. My friend at Tejas Ranch Fencing is John Payne, and he has graciously agreed to allow us to invade his space today out here in East Texas and enjoy his company and talk about fences. And this is the time of year that we work on things like fences and blinds and cutting back brush, et cetera, et cetera. John's going to join us in just a minute or two. And Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon. He's been a wildlife biologist for a long, long time. He's helped out a lot of landowners with fencing suggestions, and today he's helping us out. Purina Pro Plan with a formula for your dog is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri.
3: I'm best angler Mike McClellan, and when I'm not
5: in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kendra Outdoors.
1: Robert Cantrell at Texas Outdoors on the Benbrook Traffic Circle in southwest Fort Worth has been selling top-notch hunting, fishing, and outdoor goods and apparel for 38 years. But now the time has come for him to lock up for the last time. Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, is closing. And understandably, it's an emotional time for Robert. Texas Outdoors in Southwest Fort Worth for one last sale. If it's hanging on the wall, sitting on a shelf, crawling across the floor, or swinging from the ceiling, it's gotta go. Woohoo! God bless you for keeping the lights turned on around here for 38 years. Now it's Cantrell's time to go fishing while both knees and one hip still work. Come on in and make an offer. Everything from boots and guns to the shelves and racks have gotta go before Robert can. After that, don't try to call anymore. There ain't no phones where he's going. Texas Outdoors in southwest Fort Worth and the great audio sale Yippee. right now. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza will be in Dallas this year only. COVID-19 scheduling backups have pushed the original Texas hunting show across the Metroplex to the K Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas this year only. Come on out, August 12, 13, and 14, for the same great show that you've come to know for the latest gear, clothing, hunts, and accessories. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza, August 12 through the 14th, in Dallas. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there is peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Wing shooting in Argentina is an activity that must be experienced rather than explained. Dove are considered to be a plague in the area, so there are no bag limits, and there are no seasons to hunt them.
6: We've got twenty million birds on the roost, and they're there three hundred and sixty-five days a year. They're there every day, all day. They fly eight hours a day, every day.
1: At Cordoba Doves, you'll enjoy delicious food. Exceptional hospitality beverages in the field your own personal bird boy
2: bird boy's job is to pour shells in your bag uh, when you're going through a box every five minutes and keep count of the birds that you've shot and to bring you something to drink every few minutes at the end of the day we pick up all the holes and pick up the birds but you can't send your mouth
6: to pick up birds at six or eight hundred times a day
1: experience the very best that argentina has to offer through Cordoba Doves, contact the U.S. Representative Lane Balke
4: at cordobadoves.com.
8: My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ
7: Caseria. Can see me in Argentina.
0: Come share our campfire and a good story or two kinder outdoors Hey,
1: welcome back to our campfire i'm billy kinder host of kinder outdoors and my guest this week actually i'm his guest because we're at his place is john Payne with tejas ranch fencing they can build anywhere no matter how rough the country and they build to suit custom to your piece of property and i have questions for you john hey john you don't know this yet but i live here now I'm not going home.
4: <laughs> I'm glad to have you.
1: Hey, man, I tell you, you've, you've uh, built something pretty neat. And what I've learned uh, by looking at your place, which is under a fence uh, and well manicured, I can tell you put a lot of time and effort into your piece of property here. And after riding the property with you, uh, I've learned that you know what you're looking at. Sound like I was riding with a biologist. You know the country, and that helps if you're going to be dealing with other people's places.
5: Absolutely. You know, we we always try to find the best aspects of places that we're developing and l- make sure that we highlight those, accentuate those, leave the great trees. Um, we oftentimes make right-of-ways for our fences, but we don't take down all the trees. We take down underbrush, smaller, uh, some people might call them trash trees, and we leave the big, nice, hardwoods. Um, so that we're trying to create beauty at the same time that we're creating um, a, uh, a fence, or typically a perimeter fence on a property. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, and,
1: I, and here's the primary reason I wanted to have you on the show, uh, a lot of people are moving from town to country. Sure. They're buying 5 acres, 10 acres, 150 acres, uh, and they're considering a fence. Why is it a good idea? Why do people put up? a tall fence.
5: You know, Billy, what I tell people is if you're not controlling your land, somebody else will. (laughs) And you can't believe how many times that we see four-wheeler trails from neighboring properties onto a property that's not being utilized. They'll go through a fence or, you know, an old fence. And so a fence really gives security, it gives control. And so it makes your property yours. It allows you to do what you want to inside the property. And some folks choose to do a high fence. Some folks choose to do a low fence. We do we do both. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we um, do specialize in is high tensile wire mesh fence. Explain that. What is that? What are you talking about? Sure. So it's not a barbed wire fence. Uh, a lot of people know it as <clears throat> field fencing but field fencing is a low tensile fence. It's something that hogs can bust through. It's got um, a lower grade of galvanization on it. It's not super long lasting, but it's a, it's a fence that has squares or you know rectangles in it. Um, one great thing about uh, a mesh fence, and especially about a high tensile mesh fence, is that you can control feral hogs. And you know, feral hogs can be a problem. A lot, of, huge. Yeah, it, a lot of times, it it's uh, it's a big factor on a property. Some folks want to keep them in, you know, <laughs> yeah. just and, and others want to keep them out. Um, the high tensile mesh fence flat does that, and especially the way that we do it and include uh, water gaps. And that's places where water's running through the fence line. Uh, we use a special water gap system call, called the Float Master water gap system that keeps animals from passing through your fence line. Mm-hmm. But with a Float Master system and a high tensile mesh fence, we we do control hogs. High tensile mesh fences come in many patterns. And in fact, we've got um, videos and, uh, and illustrations on our website um, that show all those. And some are great for cattle, some are good for goats, some are good for horses, others are more geared for wildlife, and so a lot of times a wildlife fence may be an eight-foot fence, and some folks call it high-game fence or deer-proof fence, people call it a lot of different things, but we use high-tensile wire mesh fence, eight-foot tall, and about Five inches above that we put another strand of high tensile barbed wire, so it's a nominally about an eight foot six tall fence. And the cool thing about those is as you know, most people think those are so expensive and I you know, I don't want to do it. It's only twenty seven percent on average more than a four foot tall fence. Wow, when you told me that it blew
1: me away because I you know, you would just Right off the bat, you would think, no, it's double the
5: cost. It's twice as tall. Exactly. People think it's two or three times the cost of a standard fence, but it's not. And we've got cattle guys that are putting a high fence on their perimeter, and then their interior fences, cross-fencing, is done in low fence. Mm -hmm. It gives them an extra level of protection against uh, critters and including the two-legged critter.
1: Yeah, I've got a buddy that owns a ranch in southern Oklahoma uh, that is uh, just a, a great piece of property, and he's got some really cool animals on it and all. He high-fenced it, not necessarily to keep the critters in, but to keep the critters out. And And unfortunately, that is a concern this day and age.
5: It absolutely is. And, you know, <clears throat> I come from a background also in security fencing, and there are three Ds of security. Deter, delay, and detect. And so, what we're doing with these high fences is it's a deterrent. And so, some in, on some ranches we just do it on one side. Let's say they've got exposure to an area of high traffic, or it's a place where people come in and park. Or we've had one where they were doing drug deals at a at a uh, in one area by in an old cemetery that just one side was high fence and the rest of it was low. So uh, people do that for different reasons. I've had a number of scenarios where the husband wants to put a high fence in, and his wife is really kind of opposed to it. But as it turns out, after we clear a right-of-way around the perimeter for the high fence, it makes a walking trail, kind of a nature trail. And the wives have commented that they feel especially uh, secure there because of the fence. And and so it really accentuates the property in a way that they didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, there are some
1: uh, some thoughts out there that, oh, a high fence, I would never uh, shoot a deer under a high fence. I would challenge you to take your bow or your rifle and uh, walk out on 300 heavily wooded acres that's got a fence around it and go kill a deer for
5: me and meet me back here in an hour. It ain't that easy. 100%. You know, I've got a... I've got a low fence around my property, um, but I do have some breeder pens. Uh, for example, one of them's 26 acres, and I've got axis and black buck in, in a high fence. And Kip and I rode that last night looking for the axis. We saw nine black buck, two axis out of a total of 60 animals that are in there. Yeah. You just can't. It's amazing. Yeah. So from that you know, from the uh, I guess, from a standpoint of fair chase in a hunting scenario um you you have to weigh that with um, you know captive versus free ranging animals and um it it it's absolutely challenging hunting, yeah, and if you want to control what's inside, you can do it a lot better with a high.
4: Yeah.
5: I'm agnostic to personally high or low fence, yeah. I am too, and and here's my base for
1: I try to make this my base for my decision making. I believe that that bible is is a pretty good guidebook, and I've read it through from front to back and back and forth again. I've never read anything about a high fence, a low fence, a rifle, uh, a knife in your teeth, uh, a bow. Uh, I, 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 it's just kill it and grill it. That's that's what the good Lord said.
5: Amen. Amen. So
1: there you go. Hey, uh, something else that I want to talk about, and I want to take a little break and get you to hang with me, and we'll come back and talk about this. You showed me some galvanized wire that you use. And fence, and then you showed me some powder coated stuff, and that really caught my eye. Can you hang on a minute?
5: Absolutely, love to.
1: This corner of the camp house brought to you by the world's greatest dog fuel, and that's Purina Pro Plan. All those great Pro Plan formulas are at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. I'm John with the Buckhorn Ranch in the beautiful Arbuckle Mountains of southern Oklahoma. When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it on Kindred Outdoors.
4: It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, One thing that's great about archery is anybody can do it. Men,
7: women, and children, everybody can do this. Um, Our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime,
4: great sport, and everybody can be successful in Americans are
1: learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell some a bow and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit cinnamoncreekranch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. The first and original Texas hunting show is back. It all gets kicked off in Houston, August 5, 6, and 7. This is the 46th year for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. The biggest and best in rifles, blinds, outfitters, and guides, game calls, camo, and ammo. You name it, you'll find it at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. Here we come, Houston, August 5, 6, and 7. Live gators, rattlesnakes, and happy hunters. It must be Texas Trophy Hunter time. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences, fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T E J A S. com. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees. And have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are Agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com. And just down the road, U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers. 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture-takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more.
8: for the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me, heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place.
0: good conservation company with Kinder Outdoors.
1: Hey, the website is kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Come check it out. Register to win a good-looking Kinder Outdoors T-shirt or a six-pack of tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganza shows. These tickets are good for any of the three shows, okay? So kinderoutdoors.com. Let's get my old buddy mr. whitetail Larry wysoon in here he's a uh, wildlife biologist and and you've guided a lot of folks on how to have a better piece of property for their wildlife through the years for the through the decades uh, you've been one of the very best at that and I want to call upon your expertise today good to have you back Larry
6: it is so good to be back with you sir here we are in the middle of summer hundred degree days and uh, I don't know about you, I've been doing a little fishing, got some more fishing coming up, but my thoughts are on honey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, hey, I don't know what part of the world you're in right now, I never know. But if you're having 100 degree days, enjoy that, because that's <laughs> a cold front where I am, brother.
6: <laughs> I am having hundred degree days, and I'm ready for the uh, uh, for the proverbial first norther to come in and turn this back into a wet Texas, along with temperatures that are at least thirty, forty degrees cooler. Please,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yes, I've been catching a few fish, but I try to get it done by about eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning and yeah, no, call what a day. <laughs>
6: yeah, sure. I've got a trip coming up with uh Chris Moody, with uh also with Cory Mason with DSC uh going on a alligator gar fishing trip on the Trinity here in the next couple of days and, and really looking forward to it, but I'm hoping we'll have some cloud to cover cuz I understand it's been 100 degrees not even in the river bottom. So I can't only imagine how hot it's going to be.
1: Oh, it's going to be sweltering. Uh, I was talking to you recently, and you were telling me, I didn't know this, that those big old gar will come out of the
6: water and actually slap the water with their tail slap like a like a uh, a marlin or a tarpon. They will. They come up. They, they, they can actually breathe air. So they come up and gulp air, and then they uh, splash when they do that. Of course, when it's hot like it is right now, they have a tendency to – I'm sure the oxygen level is a little bit lower in that hot water, and so they come up more often. The beauty of those things are, and when it, particularly when it's warm and hot, they'll come tailing out like a tarpon with their mouth open, slashing their head back and forth kind of thing. It's an absolutely fantastic fishing rush, particularly when they get to be that five foot longer or longer kind of thing.
1: Wow, that's a hoot. Well, let me know. Uh, let me know how that goes. I can't wait to hear about that.
6: Absolutely.
1: Hey, let's talk about fences. If you want to start a fight in certain circles, all you have to do is talk about high fence, low fence, or no fence. There are some guys that have passionate feelings about that.
6: Larry, I personally don't care how you hunt or where you hunt as long as it's legal. Go hunt. You know, you and I share that same sentiments as far as I'm concerned. I've, I've worked as a wildlife biologist for a long time here in Texas, of course elsewhere as well, too. Really across the world, you get right down to it. And to me, it's all about going hunting. And it, it's a personal preference if somebody doesn't want to hunt behind a high fence. Don't hunt behind a high fence kind of thing. You know, you just really want free range. But I will also tell you that those fences, we see them as obstacles. Most deer and other species don't because they just jump right over the top of them whatever they want to. So they're inside that fence because they want to be because the food's higher, you know, more available and those kind of things. But I'm like you. I, I, I don't care how you hunt. As long as it's legal, it's ethical to you, and you're the one who needs to make that decision. If it's ethical to you, by all means, go hunt. Absolutely. There you go.
1: And, uh, you know, we're talking about these taller fences uh, that uh, some game ranches have. You know, they spend a lot of money on exotics or whatever, and they're they're totally fixed for the high fence to keep their investment in. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that that's going to be a drive out there and pick you one you want kind of hunt, it's still going to be a tough challenge most of the time.
6: It really is. Most of those places that we're talking about that do have high fences, they, and and in some instances you build a fence to keep animals out, quite frankly, because you're trying to improve the habitat, but in the terms of exotics, generally, you're wanting to contain those there, but just because there's a fence there, it does not make that an easy hunt. As those animals become hunted a little bit, they become so intimately knowledgeable of everything around them. That a lot of times they're a little bit more wary than those that may live in an open fence situation. Yep,
1: absolutely. You betcha. Um, sometimes partial fencing is a really good idea. Uh, if I, I had a particular ranch, Joshua Creek down in the, right, in the hill, Country. Right. you're familiar with Joe and Ann and that place down there. They're low fence on a couple of sides and high fence on a couple of sides because uh, they've got roadways there. Uh, and they want to protect their their deer from from uh, those
6: high traffic areas where hey, they could get out there and get run over you're exactly right, and all the years when I was a wildlife biologist and practicing in South Texas and elsewhere, I never recommended that somebody put up an you know totally enclosed piece of property with with a high fence. Now we did put up partial fences, and those being the reasons one of the reasons that you just gave are in some instances, there was a lot of cropland and, and they were causing, and the animals were going out of the, the, the brushy situation into those croplands and, and, uh, keeping those farmers kind of aggravated kind of thing. And so we suggested they put up a high fence along those problem areas. And then too, occasionally it would be next to a development area. Not that I denied that those folks from taking animals that came off the property that, that was next to them, but I've always been one of those, you know, you, you, you you have to produce those animals on your property as far as I'm concerned. If, if you got a, a, maybe a tenth of an acre or a quarter of an acre and you're sitting next to a 10,000 acre place, yeah, you know, maybe it's okay a little bit to hunt on that fence line, but at the same time, you really ought to take the animals that you produce on your own property. So that was another reason to, with sometimes we put up those partial fences, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason for high fence at times. and. and uh, we're very fortunate in Texas, particularly that we have landowner rights that allow us to either decide whether or not you want a high fence up or not,
1: you know uh just because you put that high fence up doesn't mean you can just walk off and forget about it you've got to have <laughs> you, you got have food shelter, water, you got to take care of your place uh and those critters will stay high fence, low fence, no fence, and I see that with Joshua Creek. they have such a tremendous access near herd that lives on them and and they, they can come and go whenever they want and wherever they want and they live on them year round because joe takes such good care of the habitat down there they've got everything they need
6: you're exactly right to me if you own property there is a commitment that you have to make or that you make without even realizing sometimes that you have to take care of that property not only for livestock but also for the uh, the livestock that exists uh, the wildlife that exists there and and they do such an absolutely fantastic job there on, on Joshua Creek and have for so many years.
1: Yep, they sure do. Larry, tell me about your fall. What what have you got coming up? We're looking ahead to deer season, and you've always got good stuff cooking.
7: <laughs> well,
6: you know, this year one of the things we're doing here in August uh, we're hunting. Uh, pronghorn antelope in new mexico doing a, a show with uh trijicon's world sports field and then in, in september uh coming up i've been for years been hoping to get an invitation from the lander one shot antelope Hunt up in wyoming and uh chris sell and phil massaro a fellow writer and, and i are, are composing a team of three there well they, they allow eight teams three, three team members per team and and uh our name actually is gonna be for our little team is gonna be called Two Texans and Yankee with Phil of course being the Yankee kind of thing. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. And then in October, uh of course we'll start hunting some white But I'm also gonna get to hunt down in, in Baja, Mexico for their version of black tail or mule deer. I'm not depends on who you talk to, whether they're mule deer or black tail. And then, of course later on we've got white tail and mule deer and uh that kind of stuff coming up here in Texas and a couple of other places, maybe a little bit in Oklahoma uh, hopefully a little bit of bird hunting in there somewhere as well, too. I may, I may go to a few quail hunts this year and carry my double shotgun and no shells so that I can watch the bird dogs work.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: it never gets old, does it, brother? No, <laughs> sure, it really
1: doesn't. <laughs> uh, Larry, hang in there. Keep that air conditioner in good order, and uh, we'll hug your neck soon somewhere down the road.
6: I'm looking forward to it, Billy. Thank you so much for allowing me to join you. Hi, I'm Richard Cheatham of the DSC Foundation.
1: And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert, well done. Texas Outdoors' final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook Traffic Circle. Thank you for your business. The original Texas Hunting Show is back. For 46 years, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza has been the official kickoff of to Texas hunting seasons. Visit the world's top outfitters and guides. Get ready for the field with the latest hunting gear, rifles, clothes, and accessories. The granddaddy of them all is back August 5 through 7 in Houston. And this year only, August 12 through 14 in Dallas at the K-Bailey Hutchison. And August 19 through 21 in San Antonio. Get the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza on your calendar. More info at ttha.com. You know, this is a fast-changing world. As a matter of fact, you may not recognize your little universe as compared to just two years ago, but there are some bedrock stepping stones that'll take you through tough times. If you want to catch the girl, be nice. If you want to catch the ball, use both hands. And if you want to catch the fish, start early, about
2: 6.45,
1: and stick with what's dependable, like Chevy trucks. At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we work hard every day to be dependable in delivering you and your precious cargo to the fishing hole, whether that's across the county or the country. And back again. At Classic Chevrolet, we can't make love grow, (laughs) but we can be dependable in making sure that you're there when it does. Have you ever hugged or kissed a fish before?
2: Yep. (laughs) ClassicChevrolet.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, VineyardsCampground.com.
1: If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R and V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com.
0: The old camp house floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground. Well, Kinder Outdoors.
1: Phone number here in the camphouse: 1-877-820-BBKO, 1-877-820-2256. Give us a call uh, anytime. Also, the website, kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Drop off a picture for the bragging board. You can catch a show from the past. They're all archived there in the podcast section. Register to win our Kinder Outdoors t-shirts and six packs of tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganzas. They are six packs of tickets, so that means you and a buddy could do Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, all three, or hey, splurge on one show and take all your buddies with you at the same time. But you have to register. It's a simple drawing. Go register at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. John Payne, And his company, Tejas Ranch Fence, they do beautiful work, beautiful custom work, dependable and strong. And, hey, listen, it doesn't matter how rugged your country is, they can do whatever you want. Low fence, high fence, a mixture, water crossings, whatever. They can do it for you. If you'll just get in touch with them, we've got the link at kinderoutdoors.com. John is here with me now. Thanks for hanging on, John. I really appreciate that.
5: Absolutely. Good to be with you.
1: I guess we need to tell people uh, where they can go and see this stuff online. Tejas Fence, uh, you guys do work all over Texas. You go outside of Texas occasionally. So wherever you're listening to this show, John would be happy to have a conversation with you about a
5: fence. Uh, Where can we go online to see you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tejas, that's T-E-J-A-S, Ranch Fence, like. Barbar bar fence tejas dot com and uh, we've got a new website that's coming up uh probably very soon got a lot of good videos on there, great illustrations, lots of great information, so we've really tried to make it a uh um an educational website that can help people make decisions yeah
1: you mentioned earlier that some wives have been pleasantly surprised with how much they enjoy uh, the fence after it's up maybe before the, uh, a high fence goes up on their place. And, and John and his company, the Tejas, they build high fence, low fence, whatever fence you want, they'll come and build it. But I'm talking about a big game fence and the security that that provides, and the, and the wives have been pleasantly surprised with that security. I guess their hesitation was, boy, it's going to be an eyesore, that big old tall fence. It's not. It's really not. We're talking about a few more feet. And the powder-coated stuff that you guys do, man, it's almost camouflage.
5: It really is, Billy, it's a a much better look, and especially if the fence has a backdrop of trees or vegetation behind it, you really don't see the fence at all. Uh, I say it just kind of goes away. On one project that we did some years ago, we did it strategically in certain areas where it was at uh, the back of a lake, and then we did it along the road frontage. And so if you looked across the lake you just absolutely didn't see this 20 acre lake and you couldn't see it and so we did uh, a portion of it in black maybe 40 percent and the rest of it in galvanized and at the end of the project um the the client said i wish i'd have done it all in black wow. it looks so good yeah. it's uh i mean i guess i'd almost call it an elegant look but it's um it's definitely a nice look it isn't uh definitely comes at a at a cost because each galvanized T-post, and that's a, a standard for us is galvanized T-post. We we have a special source on that. We don't use painted T-posts. Um, and each galvanized pipe that we use for our bracing is powder coated. Mm-hmm. And so that's an extra process. They call that a duplex coating. So when you put, you've got galvanization, which in itself is a great protective coating. You've got powder coat which is in itself a great protective coating and when you tie the two together they call it a duplex coating and it equals more than the sum of its parts in terms of weatherability Mm -hmm. and so what we're doing is we're trying to with any protective coating is you're just trying to protect the integrity and the strength of the base metal under it so that it performs longer and so in arid climates is not as much of a concern in coastal it's much more, and in a typical climate it it turns a um, you know a twenty year fence into a fifty year fence right. it's phenomenal I was about to say you want to work out that cost uh, you're
1: going to save your kids and grandkids uh, you know uh, redo money down the road
5: uh, when you duplex is that what you call it in that duplex coating absolutely it's the best value that you can get so your your cost per year of owning that fence is low yeah. And um, the wire itself is also black. And what's interesting about that, Billy, is that in the the way that it's made is in the galvanization process, black pigment is added to the zinc. And so the black is inside the zinc coating on the wire. So that's different than the T-post and the pipe. But the wire itself maintains its black color very well. And, in fact, on a fence that um Kip who works with us put up 20 years ago that I powder coated the T-Post on today that fence still looks great wow. For, you could see some age in it but it's still black it's doing its job it's on a very very nice high-end ranch and uh, it continues to perform today and what's interesting about that is the technology that we have today in coatings is so much better than we did 20 years yeah, ago yeah.
1: I'm sure, yeah, the advancement's been huge. I hunt one particular ranch that's high fenced on two sides, uh, low fenced on two others. Uh, they've got, you know, a native herd of Axis that moves in and out and loves to live on their place. And they've got county road along two sides, so they high fenced uh, to keep Keep a fence between the critters and the roads, and then the other side where it's just rolling country and going to the neighbors, they left it low. Uh, so you know you you don't have to completely encircle your place. Everything is custom, and and I say that to say this. I've been to your shop. I've been I've been to the. I've watched your guys in action. You you measure, you custom build. No two jobs are alike. You can't just get on the phone and order a gate or gap for
5: every particular place. You build it. That's right. We do. We, you know, we're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. Yeah. So there's a lot of times there's strategy behind that. And uh, a lot of times it's our job just to peel back the layers of the onion yeah. to show the owner what can be done and based on that, they can make decisions as to what works best for them. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, folks need to get in touch with you if you've got a new piece of property and you're thinking about uh, fencing, low fence, high fence, uh, whatever. John's got all the answers, and I'm sure that you'd
5: probably love to talk to him. I would, and we've got a great team here um, that that has a, a passion for what we do, and um, we start with a with a phone call or a web inquiry or an email. Uh, we use a sophisticated mapping system to uh, to place everything on a property and uh, just come up with uh, as I said a minute ago a great solution yeah. and uh, that's how we make happy customers that's our goal is to make uh, folks we say your your land our passion we love." bringing out the best in in your property.
1: Yeah, you make people smile when you leave their place. They've they've gotten their money's
5: worth plus.
1: I have one last question, and that's which bunk is mine, John?
5: (laughs) Billy, you'll have to try them out. We'll we'll try one at a time, and you're welcome anytime. Love having you here. Let's go fishing. Let's go. Ready.
1: There are links to John Payne's Tejas Ranch Fencing at KinderOutdoors.com. Anytime you want to learn more or go back and listen to this again, it's all there waiting for you, kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Hey, by the way, you can get a free weekly download of Kinder Outdoors. Just go to your favorite podcast provider, let them know you want Kinder Outdoors, and they'll send it to you each and every week directly to your device. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camphouse today and invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. Yeah.